take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. The wordplay of the day. How did I try to strike a good balance with my crutches? Answer. I tried to strike a good balance by using my crutches as balance or lance or sword sticks. Sometimes they became dance sticks. While I shifted my weight back and forth, I didn't want to end up with a gravity-induced belly dance. Every time I tried to strike a balance with my crutches, I tried not to miss or strike out. Thought of the day comes from self-help author Napoleon Hill. His book, Think and Grow Rich, was published in 1937. Think and Grow Rich is among the top 10 best-selling books of all time. He said, If you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. Hello friends, and welcome back to The Cerebral Podcast. For new listeners, The Cerebral Podcast is me talking about my crutches as disability devices and literary devices. I also offer up personal advice to help parents, kids, and anyone else who wants to learn about my interpretation of disability engagement. I was born with cerebral palsy. It is a movement disorder that moderately impacted my balance and coordination. The type of cerebral palsy I have is called spastic diplegia, which causes involuntary tightness and stiffness in both of my legs. But the spasticity impacts my arms in a milder way. I grew up in competitive schools where I was mainstreamed in the 1970s and 1980s. I was the only kid with a long-term physical disability in school. I was also sometimes forced and coerced into difficult situations because of my limited options and understandings. As a result, I often used my cerebral against the palsy like an oxymoron. In other words, I used my brain to work through many of my physical, environmental, and even existential challenges. Reasonable accommodation and the ADA didn't become law until 1990, or broadly accessible to me until I was at Marist College in New York in 1991. Reasonable accommodation is an adjustment made to make fair the same system for an individual based on a proven need. As a result, I often used enriched environment examples to increase my own social-emotional learning. This is episode 73. Thank you for joining me today. For the month of September, I have been talking about situational awareness. 
Situational awareness is also known as being aware of your surroundings. Today I am talking about some core or balance boosting exercises. The balance exercises include horseback riding, walking in the pool, playing with an exercise ball, deep breathing, and swinging. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences or Rope, I am talking about some personal experiences with balance exercises. In addition to the exercises I previously mentioned, I will be talking about using my crutches and turning them into balance sticks. I also talk about using an adapted bicycle. Be sure to listen for one or two things that you can take away from this episode. Now, let's both take hold and engage. According to the Cerebral Palsy blog on flintrehab.com, there are three types of cerebral palsy. The three types of cerebral palsy are ataxic, dyskinetic, and spastic. Damage to the cerebellum will result in ataxic cerebral palsy. Ataxic cerebral palsy impacts 5% of all cerebral palsy cases. It is characterized by poor balance and coordination. Dyskinetic cerebral palsy impacts 15% of the cerebral palsy population. Dyskinetic cerebral palsy is characterized by uncontrollable or involuntary muscle movements. Spastic cerebral palsy impacts 80% of the cerebral palsy population. Spastic cerebral palsy is characterized by stiff, tight, or involuntary muscle contractions. Regardless of what type of cerebral palsy your child may have, Practicing balance exercises can help them strengthen weak muscles, minimize falls, and help your child become more independent. According to the blog, the article indicates five balance-boosting exercises for children with cerebral palsy. Number one, horseback riding. Number two, walking in the pool. Number three, playing on an exercise ball. Number four, deep breathing. And number five, swinging. Please consult with a doctor, physical therapist, or other qualified professional before engaging in any of these exercises. Horseback riding can be a fun way for children with cerebral palsy to develop their balance skills. Hippotherapy, a.k.a. equestrian therapy, is also an established therapeutic intervention. Because the horse is continuously moving, children continuously have to adjust their center of gravity to stay balanced. Children sometimes don't realize how much they are engaging their core muscles because they are busy interacting with the horse. Walking around in the pool can be a great way to practice balance. This is because the buoyant force of the water can make the child feel weightless and it takes a lot of the pressure off the joints. 
The more safely submerged the child is, the lighter they should feel. The resistance of the water makes it more challenging to move quickly, and it will also help reduce the impact of falling. The water resistance makes walking or swimming a great way to strengthen weak arm or leg muscles also. After seeing an exercise ball, some kids immediately think it's a toy. Playing with the exercise ball is one of the best ways for children to improve their mobility. Other kids may want to sit on it or lean their entire bodies all over it. The ball's unstable surface should prompt the child to practice shifting weight and experimenting with movement to find a balance point. Deep breathing promotes stability by engaging core muscles and enhancing posture. You can also do it almost anytime or almost anywhere. Just get comfortable. You can make it more fun for kids by encouraging them to use their imagination. Smelling flowers or blowing out birthday candles are two simple imaginative examples of deep breathing. Playing on swings can help children with mild cerebral palsy. Leaning back and forth motions can help your child to shift their weight and maintain their balance. In this week's Ride of Passage Experiences or Rope, I am talking about some of my favorite balancing exercises. For me, horseback riding was fun, but not all that memorable. I remember feeling more anxious getting on and off the horse. I did have some balance benefits and learned to better shift my weight back and forth. Walking in the pool as a pre-teenager was both cool and freeing. I didn't have to bring my crutches into the pool. Plus the metal would have eventually rusted. I did not realize the freedom of the pool until a recreational camp counselor by the name of Pam told me that I could use the water to support my weight. Once I found out about the buoyancy, I happily splashed myself into the water. Before that, I had seen one of my friends who used a wheelchair swimming in deep water with ease. But I didn't understand the physics of the water until Pam told me. By the next summer, I was swimming in the water that was feet over my head. My parents, who were not good swimmers, sometimes were nervous when I went deeper and deeper. I also got the opportunity to do handstands, which were also aided by the density of the water. Although the handstands were not pretty, it was fun to flip my body around because I had more strength in my arms and shoulders anyway. Learning how to swim also helped me practice holding my breath and breathing. In fact, sometimes in the pool, I would hold my breath underwater while holding on to the side of the pool. That meant that I could wait until the last possible moment before pulling myself up and catching my breath. I also did short laps between different sides of the pool. 
The sides of the pool were about 20 feet apart. I also tested my percentage of the swimming lap that would be completed after the first breath. Over years, I could complete a shortened lap without taking a breath. The exercise ball was fun, but I didn't enjoy it until I had my feet somewhere on the ground. I did do a lot of weight shifting in physical therapy on the ball. I preferred to work with the ball with my hands on it rather than having my back on the ball. I felt safer with the physical therapist helping me on the ball with the back exercises because it felt safer. My dad and my physical therapist both worked with me on a physical therapy foam roller. As a kid, it looked like a big blue rolling pin. We did not have a swing set at home, so I did not get much exposure to that. But there were times that I sat on the armrests of the couch to practice my balance. But before I could do it for a long time, my aggravated parents reminded me not to sit on the armrests. My dad did put training wheels on a bicycle. He also screwed roller skate tops on the foot pedals. He then would strap my feet in. Riding the bike with the training wheels was fun, and I didn't have to constantly worry about tipping over. Although if I took a turn too sharp on the dead-end street, I ended up in a sideways suspended position. That was until a neighborhood adult could get me right side up again. It was fun for a while. But other than doing laps and getting practice, I always had to return home to get off the bike. Other kids could set their bikes aside and pick them up again when they needed them. The most practice I got was with my crutches. I used them as balance sticks. They were like GPS pins. They gave me instant neural feedback that registered not only with my brain, but also the touch points that became important information for my hands and other muscles. The crutches became a buffering navigation system. As I got older and more experienced, my reactions became more automated. If I slipped or lost my balance, my body acted to protect itself by compensating or weight-bearing in other areas. My strength side was on my left, and my balance side was on my right. Over time, and years of experience developing personalized physics formulas, I knew the amount of energy, force, and lift I needed for different situations. Even with that experience, surface changes or surface tractions were still tricky. For example, going from carpet to linoleum or carpet to wood still increased my risk of falling. Being mindful of the traction differences between gravel and concrete also helped me to be aware of 
transitional spaces. If I wasn't more careful in the doorway between an outside rainstorm and inside a wooden entryway, the newly moistened surface increased my chances of a gravity-induced fall or flop that would resemble a belly dance. Striking the ground or floor with my crutches always had a risk of a swing and a miss. But the more I practiced, the more successful balance points I scored. Were there one or two things that you heard that you could learn from or lean into? Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. I never give up.